Hello, my friends. Today, we're talking to Wes, CTO and co-founder of AdIn365, and we discuss how the cloud has unlocked huge potential for their company, impacts that the new Viva Suite has had in unsung industries, and the importance of sourcing talent from diverse areas. All of this right here, right now, on the Modern CTO Podcast. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. When you started the business, how long ago did you start it? Like, when did you found it? So we, we started in uh, August of 2015. Starting out in 365 was a really fun time because I'd been working in a consultancy that had been dabbling in Office 365 and, and as an M- MVP for my, you know, Microsoft MVP in Office 365, I found, I knew the direction of travel Microsoft were trying to take things and I knew that the opportunities that the cloud would bring, but obviously as a commercial business, the place I was working hadn't fully recognized that. And I, I was finding myself doing some cloud projects, some on-premises projects, and I just wanted to be solely cloud. So got the opportunity to start adding 365 with my business partner and yeah, we just had a great idea and it was pre-teams and we had this idea of productivity being the most important thing and what we could do there, create some products, took a chance. You know, anyone that started a business will understand the financial and hours that go into kicking something off. Yeah, and we've just grown it from there and we had a really, you know, we've had a really successful run. We've we've had, you know, doubling turnover, doubling growth, doubling clients, doubling product every year since we started. And, you know, we've continued that trend of investing in the latest technologies and using Azure and Office 365 capabilities to their sort of maximum in terms of business business value to the customers. And, you know, adding 365 has continued to grow. I mean, we've, I've got an engineering team now of about nine people, if you include the designer, consulting team of similar size. So, you know, there's nearly 20 people that that are in that team and we're servicing some of the world's largest companies so we've got um you know wpp group is the world's largest media agency we we have our products in in as a global agreement with them and it gives us a huge sense of pride actually to kind of know that our product is used by nearly 250,000 people on on the average day so yeah it's it's been it's been a really amazing journey but I think, you know, to be blunt, the, the, the cloud was the thing that unlocked that potential because without it, we wouldn't have had, I think, the financial backing to be able to stand it up. Because in on-premises days, you would need to spend hundreds of thousands of pounds on on servers just for environments to run things. Whereas with the cloud, it was like, we've got some ideas, we've got some code, we can host it in Azure, sell it to customers for sort of a SaaS SaaS, SaaS model and, and away we went and we've grown the business from that. So what problem does it solve? So we've got two product lines, sort of fundamental product lines. We've got one which is intranet, which is all about communications and solving published content needs. So if you think, you know, the word intranet is synonymous with an internal website that provides department content and, you know, potentially is a massive document store. Well, we've got a set of content enhancements that take an Office 365 environment like SharePoint Online, make it prettier, so meeting the brand needs. We've got some feature capabilities that Microsoft just don't deliver. So we've got a whole Google Maps stack, for example, that obviously they're, they're wedded to Bing and customers, customers don't necessarily uh, align to that. 
And then on, on productivity side, we've got WorkHub, which is all about unlocking your effectiveness as, as getting your day-to-day jobs done. So we've got some AI-driven conversation experiences in Teams. We've got some um, tab services in Teams, a collection of analytics that back both of those products to give the customer insight on the usage. But the, you know, the, the core premise is a better together story. So just like Microsoft Teams is touted as that single pane of glass, we're adding to that single pane of glass, understanding who you are, the content you're using, and the way that you're trying to to do do a task and do a task set. And that kind of triangle gives you, you know, some very strong enhancements to a Microsoft Teams environment or a SharePoint online website style capability. So are you like a plug-in in the Microsoft Teams? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we very much named the company in a very literal fashion. You know, we add in capabilities to that 365 environment where apps that you can put into the experience that enhance it. So we play nice with everything Microsoft do, which is not always the case in our in our market space. A, a lot of vendors are kind of more of a takeover and control kind of approach where they have their own platform that kind of removes the, the UI layer or removes the capability or duplicates it. We're looking at the, the kind of gaps to join things up. So we might have an experience which provisions a team, sets a team up, takes the content from the internet experience that somebody, say, for example, in a financial services organization that's trying to do some kind of process review, it might take the original process, it might bring that content together, it might shape how you're supposed to review it with a regulator, pull that process automation in place, and we do all that inside Teams, so the conversations there, the file management's there, the, the capabilities Microsoft have given you that are really strong are then aligned to the way that you're actually trying to work. And we, you know, we've done some work with um, quite a lot of the major pharmaceutical organisations that were involved in COVID vaccine, and you know, changing the way that they were able to enhance supplier innovation or do marketing in a more structured fashion in a repeatable kind of approach using those using those tools that they've they've had into the environment so it's it's a very comprehensive tool set that sits inside the office 365 environment letting you use everything microsoft gave you but simplifying it to the point where you don't really need to train a lot of your employees on like what does that term microsoft gave you mean it's like i want to do x for the business let's run this thing to give me give me the outcome i'm looking for and then I want to talk about like the very first problem you solved and how you knew that that was the problem that you would solve that would get you money. Well, we back in I mean back in 2015, this was before Teams existed. We we looked at we looked at a marketplace that was very fixated on internet in a box. Lots of vendors. I mean, even to the point where there's a in, there's a there's a firm that create a report called Internet in a Box Vendors, and basically everybody was coming out of a services, you know, blank sheet of paper kind of projects process where they were delivering intranets. And we didn't really want to sort of step into that sort of embryonic but moving to the mature sort of market. And we, we looked at it and we, we saw that while intranets were evolving, productivity wasn't. There was some capabilities in Office 365 that gave you better file storage and better conversations, but it didn't join it up it was a set of ship your org chart style services that Microsoft were giving you in Office 365. So we created this WorkHub product. That was our launch product. And it was pre-Teams, 
And today it would kind of be the same concept of Teams. It was one place to come to see all your projects, all your documentation, all your processes, so you could see your process while you were trying to execute a project alongside it. And then when Teams came along, we retired a lot of the visual capabilities that WorkHub had been been using. And we moved it into that conversational AI and we were solving the same problem, but now in a different sort of home. We were, okay, Wes, what do you want to do for this marketing campaign? Well, you want to create a, a TV advert. So what are the processes that we go through to create a CV advert and how, how are we advising people to behave while we do that? Okay, so, so WorkHub evolved from this paid SharePoint-centric experience to this conversational experience in, in Teams. And that's, that's kind of, that was, our, that was our launch product for the business. Um, and today we've, we've moved into what Microsoft are calling the Viva suite. So Microsoft, um, about 12 months ago, launched a, a whole new product experience called Viva. And in some parts, it's a rebrand of existing experiences, sort of reimagined as they start to join up business services. But the whole point of that Viva experience is it's an employment a, a employee engagement platform. So they're calling it EXP. It's an employee uh, experience. And they were recognizing finally that somebody doesn't think of their day-to-day work as in a bunch of software. They don't think of SharePoint and then OneDrive and then Teams and Stream and all these things. They think of, I want to engage in a community and I want to go and talk to people of uh, you know similar experiences as me and, and exchange ideas, or they want to execute a project in Teams. So Microsoft released Viva and it has kind of multiple pillars. So Viva Connections has got kind of intraneting Teams. It's got a dashboard experience. You got Viva Engage, where they recently announced, which is kind of a an evolution of Yammer, so social fabric. Viva Goals is OKRs and and managing kind of um, your progress and, and and targets. You've got Viva Insights, which is the evolution of My Analytics, which is giving you insights on your behaviour and those around you. And if if organisations were lucky enough to be able to afford workplace analytics, it's now given the kind of com- combined well, this is what I do in a day and this is my free space to this is my team and this is what they need and this is how they're behaving. So this whole kind of experience engine that, that, that Microsoft have now created, we were very fortunate at in 365. We were in the preview programs for a number of those kind of slices and we've launched a collection of dashboard experiences. So in the Viva Connections area, there's the internet in, in Teams, which means that your kind of internet experience is there, but then they've got this concept of a dashboard. And really the value to any business of that dashboard was it's a set of apps that now make actionable things possible within the Office 365 environment. So you've kind of, you think about it like your, your iPhone home screen, you've got a bunch of apps, you do things on those apps. You might have, you know, request a holiday, see the upcoming upcoming shift patterns that you're working on. You, you know, have a whole collection of capabilities that are kind of out of the box, tasks, news, those kind of things that are available. We've looked at delivering extra stuff uh, into that dashboard experience. And, and, you know, 2022 has been about supporting Microsoft's vision for employee experience as a vendor that supplies products into that environment. The Viva dashboard has been a big investment for us. We've delivered nearly 50 little tiles of capability that 
that are location aware and they understand who you are and where you might be stood with your device can deliver very tailored information and experiences to you. And in a, you know things like the frontline worker experience, that can unlock right, really complicated scenarios that Office 365 traditionally wouldn't have been able to do. So, so working with, um, there's a, a, a gas supply organization in the UK called Wales and West Utilities. And if you imagine, you know, gas engineers are dealing with a, a safety critical item and they drive vehicles and those vehicles need checks and the checks might differ type of vehicle and it might differ at time of day it might differ at weather conditions so this viva connections dashboard tile experience we've we've got in our product suite allows us to understand that you know where's is in swansea it's raining it's 9 p.m in the night and it's potentially dark and it can promote the safe working practices for vehicle vehicle inspection before i pull away so, you know, make sure I've got my high vis, make sure that I've checked that lights are working, make sure I've got, you know, full tank of fuel because it's the evening and we don't expect petrol to be readily available. All those kind of pieces of advice are now on this dashboard experience. And it's kind of understanding where I am, what time of day, who I am, what role I'm in. And it's hyper contextualized. And Viva experience is all about that. And those dashboard tiles that our company is delivering into it is taking that hyper-personalization and, and giving organizations like a leg up in terms of getting going with some of those scenarios because the, the the core Microsoft offering is very generic. We've really tailored it now uh, across a bunch of customers to a set of products that allow us to kind of plug some of those scenario-centric kind of gaps in. And then do these companies, are they just like buying your stuff out of the app store on a as needed basis or are they doing contracts with you and you make them plugins like how do you do the business side of things so from a commercial point of view the engagement with most customers is direct so not through sort of a store acquisition process because customers still tend to go out to market for enterprise level stuff directly the the kind of app model that you have on your phone is more consumer to consumer service and and I haven't yet seen a massive uptick in customers buying in that way. We do have store presence, but we don't see a huge, huge commercial inflow through that channel because it tends to still need IT to deploy something or approve something or have certain services enabled for a customer, you know, collection of their employees to, to kind of get the value out of it. So people are still uh, still coming to us direct to, to kind of purchase those those products. Our entire suite is very modular. Um, and in early 2020, during the sort of early days of the pandemic, we switched our product offering to be in a very modular system. So, you know, just like a you know common construction idea of, you know, you buy little bricks and you put them together to build something that's, that, that's what you're looking to build. Our entire product suite is a sort of model in that vein, which is you buy the t- particular modules that you need and you can bolt later ones on and come back to it so the viva dashboard tiles you know these 50-ish number of tiles you can buy one you could buy all 50 and depending on the scenarios you're going through each tile satisfies a certain type of scenario and it's suited for a certain certain type of employee group and depending on what's your objectives and your priorities as a business you may take one you may take five you may take 15 really depends on what you're trying to achieve across that experience. Have you ever heard of the, it's called Dynamic Communities. It's a like a conference that they have every year in Orlando. 
it's all about like Microsoft 365 partners, I think. No, I, I've been to, uh, personally attended the Inspire conference, both virtually and in person. In fact, I, I've been very fortunate to present at a number of the Inspire in persons over the years, but I've not heard of that particular one. Yeah, I went to it. So I went to this, there's a company called Dynamic Communities and they have all these communities, organizations like forums and stuff for all the different Microsoft products and they're like really close with Microsoft. And then they put on a conference every year and people go there and it was really big. And I went there and it was my first experience being sort of like in a Microsoft environment. Yeah. And I re- there was a lot of vendors, like as you're describing what you do, there's a lot of vendors like you that build specialized things that are completely dependent and sit on top of the Microsoft ecosystem. They have like a, a really, really strong culture with their partners, I guess is what yeah. you would call them. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty interesting. I was like, hmm. Yeah, it's... it's um. Adding 365 for a Microsoft partner ourselves. I mean, we, we, we hold a, there's loads of different badges and statuses and accreditations they give you. Adding 365 for a charter partner in business applications and content services, which for a layman is we can provide applications that provide capability, which is the business applications piece. And we are experts in content management. So we can do information architecture, content security, content uh, manipulation through AI, syntax, all these kind of capabilities, but it's about the content itself. So with with those two sort of specialisms, you've got a very strong productivity offering because you can you have the applications that help you build the content, you have the content management that helps you strengthen the value of the the business application. So it's kind of a virtuous partnership. So that's kind of the business holding those accreditations. And then we're very fortunate that that we have um, three full-time Microsoft valued professionals, MVP status employees. So my, myself, I hold office apps and services uh, MVP status. So that's SharePoint, OneDrive teams. Our CEO, Susie Dean, she also holds that accreditation. And then our technical lead, Paul Schaeflein, he's uh, an office development MVP. So he has a specialism in actually coding solutions and products in the Office 365 space. Paul actually co-hosts the official Microsoft 365 developer podcast. So he, uh, himself and a gentleman called Jeremy Thake on, on the Microsoft side do a, a monthly podcast for developers, very technical audience. They interview some real sort of deep dive uh, subjects on on that space. So the, the three of us holding MVP status gives us insights into a lot of the pre-release programs and and the kind of direction of travel for the Microsoft Cloud in that M365 space. So so it is a kind of dual benefit the business enjoys because we get our insights and, and direction of travel uh, kind of insight by being charter partners, but we also, on an individual level, three of us are very tightly connected with the, the Redmond teams in, in terms of delivery of those solutions. And the Viva Connections experience is a great example. So we were one of the very few global organizations that were part of the preview program. And we helped to uh, develop some of those Viva capabilities alongside the product group in early phases. So when it was publicly announced last year, there's a collection of interviews I've done with Adam Hometz, who's the product owner. Uh, and, and Adam I, and I and team worked together on those capabilities from, you know, we were their customer effectively delivering it. So that, you know, that's a great set of uh, videos that 
we're an insight into kind of the launch point. And in the last couple of weeks, Adam and I have got back together 12 months on and we've gone through our, our learned experience together of, you know, what the, the Microsoft team have seen, what we've seen with, um, you know, companies like Wincanton, St. James's Place, Wales and West Utilities, Agri, customers that we're, we're delivering Viva Connections experiences, you know, for and with. And that, you know, that, that set of videos, again, is that kind of 12 month, you know, let's, let's catch up and let's see. So, it is a really exciting space to work within and, and there is a great deal of, you know, emotional excitement that the whole ecosystem around 365 shares and, you know, that community community aspect of being an MVP is part of that. And then I saw those videos, they were on your website. What's your, what's your website so people can check those out if they're interested? Yeah, so the, the, the website is www.addin365.com. And if you dive onto the top navigation, there's a, there's a section called Viva Connections. And that's our, our home for all of our Viva Connections special, special sort of content. Uh, that's where you can find the interviews and conversation with Adam. You can also see demonstrations of our Viva Connections products. And we're actually one of the headline sponsors of this year's European SharePoint conference over in, over in Copenhagen. And for us there, we've got a customer. We've got a couple of customer case studies we're going to be sharing on stage where they've deployed Viva Connections. They've used these dashboard capabilities. Agri is is one of those customers. And they're a really, really exciting organization because they're part of the food manufacturing, the food growing capabilities here in, in the UK and some of some parts of Europe. And it's one of those sort of hidden industries that, that you or I might not encounter. Um, you know, there's a there's a scientific sort of specialism called agronomy, and it's all about the growing of crops and you know how do you get the best out of a, a field and, and the crop type you're growing. And they've got hundreds of these agronomist specialists, and there's a collection of them that might specialise in growing potatoes, and some that grow salad, and some that grow wheat and barley and oats. And we've been working with them for the last sort of six to nine months around delivering an agronomist specific viva dashboard so they get told things like the potato season is changing and you need to consider how you're feeding and watering and you need to consider the fertilizer products that that need to come to market for the for the farms that you're dealing with and all those kind of very moment specific (coughs) excuse me moment specific times in the year where your skills need to be deployed. And that Viva dashboard is unlocking those scenarios for those agronomist scientists so that when they're in the field, in a literal sense, with, with iPads, with, with Surface Pros, they have the wealth of the knowledge from their intranet and their knowledge management system delivered to them in context. So, you know, I'm on ABC Farm, which specializes in potato crops growing. I know it's August. And in August, for potatoes, these are the things we need to consider. And they can have a really in-depth conversation with the farmer or the, 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 you know, the farm specialisms at that particular location to get the information they need into the, into the customer's hands, which then drives product sale for fertilizer, seed, specialist support in, in that growing season. So, so we're going to be, we're going to be un- sh- sort of showcasing that as a customer story in the Copenhagen sessions. And I'm really looking forward to it because it's it's one of those kind of 
Cadbury's or Hershey's factories moments where you kind of know the product. You've eaten potatoes, you've eaten corn, you've eaten salad. You probably didn't know the effort that goes into creating those supply chain moments. So, you know, we're gonna we're gonna show how some of that stuff has been achieved with adding three six five capabilities, um, which which I'm really looking forward to. I saw a post online the other day and it was about some shortage of fertilizer because of the things happening in Ukraine and all of that. And the most popular comment on it, it was like a picture of a farm, right? And then you've got a tractor on it. And they were saying, you know, farmers crop yields low because of the shortage of fertilizer. And the most popular comment was from this girl who had said something along the lines of, I don't know why these people are wasting their time growing their own food when they can just go to the grocery store. And I was like, <laughs> and it was hilarious. I hope it was a joke. Yeah. But I read her whole like thing and it didn't seem like a joke. It wasn't just like a quippy little thing. She was really going off on them for doing this. And I just was, I felt a lot of pain. And, you know, that's what happens in society. We get these cities and then things become farther away. Like if you're really far away from your food, I mean, I live on a farm, right? So I am like super close to, I mean, food grows on my, where I don't even want it to grow, (laughs) you know? So I'm like really close to the whole, whole life cycle. But, you know, I wasn't always. And when I was in a city, until you start questioning it, it's just this magic box you go to that has all your food in it and you just give them money for the food. Yeah. Well, we, we've supported, there's a, there's another one of our customers, ASMPT, which again is a kind of unknown brand name to most, right? Unless you're in that industry and you kind of, kind of understand semiconductors, you probably won't have heard of ASMPT. We started working with them at, uh, just, just at the beginning of lockdown. And their sort of big challenge was how do we continue to manufacture a semiconductor placement machinery, semiconductors, and all the bits that go into all modern electronics globally when most of the world has moved to remote working. So we used our work hub product and we put into flight a program where we were helping R&D teams move into virtual working. So we were helping them understand how to do better document sharing, use Teams more effectively, use our WorkHub product to kind of shape how to do things using the knowledge-based capabilities of WorkHub to, to allow specialists to be scaled. So if you imagine a manufacturing floor for resilience, they tend to have you know a region in APAC that produce something and then a region in Western Europe that produce something. So if one is offline, let's say there's a natural disaster, earthquake, the other can pick up the slack of production. So we were helping best practices get shared between those sites, the pairings getting set up correctly. And what we watched was their operational response to an effective labor shortage because lockdown put a strain on on how many people could be in a physical vicinity, couldn't stand next to each other on a production line anymore, so you had to space out, so could you produce as much? And, you know, I I saw firsthand how organizations that were in the manufacturing sector were benefiting from this Teams technology and the WorkHub capabilities within it to, to make sure that, yes, they had physically less people in places, but they made sure that, if they were standing up more sites and they were working in more sites, that the consistency, the knowledge sharing aspects were 
were pushed across those sites in a consistent fashion and they were using our kit to do it. And, you know, that was quite, again, it was another exciting customer because, you know, most reversing cameras that go onto cars, they've had a hand in making bits of everybody's iPhone. They've had a hand in making. So it's a, it was an organization where you were kind of seeing projects spin up. It's like the next generation of X. It's like, oh, I know where that'll be. That'll be in iPhone version, whatever. And, uh, and, you know, IP being sensitive. So thinking about sensitivity and information protection and in late 21 we put in a whole collection of capabilities to abstract the business user from knowing about it caring about it being trained on it it was oh you want a team you want to work with somebody external that somebody's classified as a supplier here's a team's environment to run Behind the scenes, we've named it correctly. We've applied the information policies to it. We've set up the security correctly. We've invited the guests you've asked us to. And we've taken care of all the governance that IT and security care about. Business users just said, hey, I want something to work. And, and that for us has always been really important, which is business user, don't, don't confuse them with IT. Like if you're, if you're talking about Microsoft terms or technical terms, you've made a mistake somewhere because people don't think like that. They're like, I want to run a project. Okay, well, they lean towards Excel. So give them an Excel sheet that works for them quickly and they'll be happy. It's the same thing. It's like, I want to work somewhere where I can get a place to put my files and it's well-structured and it works for me. I don't care what IT need. I don't care what information security policies need to be applied. Like, just give me places to work because if you don't, I'm going to find OneDrive on my personal thing, or I'm going to share on Dropbox, or I'm going to go onto WeTransfer, and I'm going to send stuff outside the firewall. It, it's about employee experience. It's about making it easy, and uh, you know, and everything we're doing as a business right now is is in that employee experience bubble. It's it's Viva everything, which is make it easy. Use the language of that that a business person's using make sure they don't understand they're in SharePoint almost. Like, you're in SharePoint. I know I'm in SharePoint because I'm a nerd and that's my job. But does the person in the marketing team care? No, they want to see their brand guidelines and they want to be able to use them in the project they're working with the brand agency for. That's their ask. They're not, they don't care. They don't care. Yeah, they just want it now and it to be easy. It's hilarious. I won't name names, but the projects I've been on that have dealt with sensitive data, maybe payment data or, or any sort of sensitive data. It was so impossibly long of a process to get access to something you needed. Everyone just went through like Google Docs. Like, here you go. Yeah. They just did it all outside of their company because IT was so restrictive that they you know, couldn't get any projects done and were just sitting around waiting for stuff. And humans will find a way. They will find a way if they have an outcome that they're trying to achieve. Yeah. I was curious, though, to ask you, because you're over in the UK, obviously, in the United States, there's a lot of talk in, in the media and whatnot about inflation and such. And mm-hmm. so inflation is a big topic. But so is like the great resignation or people changing jobs and you know talent shortage and all that type of stuff. Are those two conversations happening in the UK as well? Yeah, I, I, I mean, there's, you know, you have to take some of the volume of that message and understand those that are saying it loudly have a vested interest. So if you're running a SaaS platform that's, that's 
managing projects and you want people to be using your project management capability, of course, you're going to tell people there's a high turnover of projects and we need lots of projects. It's the same thing with, you know, big numbers announced by Google, by Adobe, by Microsoft about monthly active usage of a cloud service and them saying, well, it's because of hybrid work. It's like, well, no, actually, I think a lot of it's to do with the fact that people have now realized it's quite cool and it quite, it quite works and that their misconceptions about how some of those services function for them has been changed. And I think COVID's lockdowns and remote working has had some positive effect in the sense that, you know, certainly Yammer, SharePoint, they, they, they used to be dirty words because of bad implementations, whereas now it's like, oh, that's in SharePoint, cool. Let me just go and use it. Oh, it's consumer grade. It's like, it looks nice. Great, let's go, let's go and use it. You know, and Teams unlocked a lot of people's ability to communicate and and projects just accelerate. So what we found is that that moment in history forced many organizations to just get stuff done from an IT level. It's like, turn things on and then we'll pick up the pieces afterwards because we just need to be able to function as a business. What's differentiating great organizations from survival organizations, and I'm using that word carefully, survival organization for me is one that is aware of its place in the world, but is just maintaining the status quo. It's kind of like that. We've adopted a way of working that's how we, we're performing how we used to, but we're doing it differently. The ones that are thriving are recognizing that talent comes from different places. It comes from tools being easier to understand, not use, but understand, like what is the positioning of teams versus picking up the phone? When should I do one versus the other? The great resignation thing has been discussed. I mean, firsthand, what I see in my organization is is we've grown. So somebody's somewhere lost out because we've hired people, we've we've got a lot of talented new staff into the business in the last two years so somewhere somebody lost those those employees and 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 what did we do to attract them something that's maybe a controversial one which is we actually have a fairly strong lean to being in the office so we do three of three of five in the office so we do monday thursday fridays in office we have a very specific reason for being in the office on those days, Mondays, about kicking off the week, workshopping together, problem solving together. Tuesday, Wednesday, head down wherever you want. You want to lay in your bath and work? All good. You want to sit in your garden? All good. You want to come in the office? Also all good. You can be where you want to be. Thursday, it's coming up to the run up to the end of the week, grab people, solve the final problems, get the get the polish on the product, whether that's consulting, whether that's actual product. And then Friday is about closing out, preparing for next week. So, you know, our pattern is quite different to many organizations as our customers, like we're dealing with, they're in Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, kind of middle of the week. And, you know, we see, we see differences. We see different organizations. I mean, some of the larger organizations are only just going back to any kind of office presence. I haven't really seen a strong correlation between movement of people between businesses and the working hybrid pattern. I've seen a strong correlation of people's movement in terms of they've understood where they get their energy. 
So an employee that wants to learn and wants to thrive and wants to work with smart people is now looking for somewhere that that is facilitated. And, you know, we found that the people we've brought in, I mean, if I take my engineering team, my developers, many of them in the last 12 months have changed career. Full home blade, like there's one developer in my team, he used to work in a paper mill and he was responsible for the machine operation of big paper producing equipment. And he decided that he wasn't really getting a lot of emotional energy out of that. And he wanted to get into coding and IT, took a course, trained himself, sat through the R interview process, and he's absolutely thriving. And there's a whole collection of them. They come from different backgrounds. And then we've got ski instructors, we've got you know paper mill guys, we've got university graduates in, in kind of the in what I would class as the academy layer, you know, the first two commercial years of working. And all of those people have come from different backgrounds, different different energy spaces, but they all share something really, really similar in common, which is they have this kind of thirst for wanting to contribute, and they want to they want to make a difference by turning up and, and getting involved and doing those things. So I'm seeing the kind of resignation thing <coughs> as really organisations that aren't offering that. They're not offering some kind of growth for the individual they're not potentially attracting the the talent but it was interesting in in recruitment because um being part of the senior leadership team at our business obviously you know we 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 ponder how we're going to attract talent and we have to consider the commercial footprint you know salaries and payments all that sort of stuff and microsoft 365 has i think fundamentally changed the talent pool as a business owner in an interesting way. When it was on-premises, your skills were cumulative. And if you had somebody with 10 years of experience of SharePoint on-premises, they were worth a lot of money. So you paid a decent salary. With the cloud, those skills are, they have a finite moving window where at some point that skill, it's kind of good to have, it's nice to have, but it has a it has a lower and lower market value. And I've seen in the last sort of two years, a big shift from people that have a large number of, you know, decade plus experience commanding huge salaries and being able to deliver stuff versus people that are the same relevance of current skills, but have only been in the industry three years. And the value they're delivering is the same. The price points are not. And I think to the talent shortage problem, and and you know this this idea of competing competing for for talent, you don't have to purely pay a big salary. You have to have a rounded package. And I think the the approach we're taking is having a very rounded package, which is we've got the benefits, we've got the hybrid working, we've got you've got great equipment, top of the range computers, enough screens to fill a fill a desk. You know, we we've got that working part right, but we've also then got a very clear progression. So if you come in at academy level, in the first two years, the skills we're looking for you to develop are these. They have a price point. If you can do skill A by the end of the year, that's a pay rise of X and it's transparent. And we've we've kind of we've taken that kind of new approach to it by being a bit more transparent about your progression and how it relates to pay increase. 
but also being clear of the skills and where we want you to focus energy and, you know, at different levels, you know. So we've got some senior consultants that are in, you know, 10 years plus of SharePoint experience, upper end of the salary range. And where we're trying to stretch their expertise now is in customer relationship, you know, making sure that they put their heart and mind into we're trying to give the customer the best employee experience. So how do we put ourselves in their shoes and how do we develop those things with the backing of all those decades of, of technical expertise? So a big, big, big shift in the way that you recruit, big shift in the way that you train, big shift in the way that you actually work as a pattern. You know, and that great resignation, I mean, touch wood, we haven't felt it ourselves, but we know we've been the beneficiaries because we brought people in. I love it. I love it. People want to learn more. Where do they go? So a uh, good place to start is follow it, add in 365 on LinkedIn or Twitter. So if you did search on LinkedIn for add in 365 or Twitter is add in 365, you'll get regular updates from, from Paul, myself and Susie in terms of, uh, you know, what's latest in Office 365, good insights into customers, case studies. We've got a huge bank of like real life storytelling around how how you employ our products to 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 solve real business challenges in the broader sense if you're in this space and you're interested in in learning more about the overall capabilities then uh, the european sharepoint conference copenhagen is a great place to meet us and and learn more from microsoft directly um, in those spaces and basically you know just keep keep an eye on the viva suite from microsoft because that's that's the big push. That's where Microsoft are putting, you know, huge energy in this employee experience deliverable that they're, they're now kind of creating in the, the 365 space. Well, thank you so much for doing this, Wes. Man, we made a podcast. How do you feel? It's great. It's great talking to you, Joel. It's, it's always fun to, to catch up and share insights from this side of the pond. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this episode useful, please share it with a friend or a colleague who you think would get value from it. And if you have topics that you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast, either add me on LinkedIn or send me an email, joel at moderncto.io. Every time I get an email or LinkedIn message, it absolutely makes my day and inspires me to keep going.